Well, what's up, party people? This is David Fitzpatrick from CrossFit Corona. It's Thursday, and that can only mean one thing. You're listening to the Girls Gone Wild podcast with my two favorite drinking buddies, Joy and Claire. Take it away, ladies. Start with like opening a Zevia. We joke about how Zevia won't sponsor me. Oh, well, that they yeah, finally I know, emailed I, me. Really? Shut up. <laughs> All right, let's just get started. You're listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is episode 170. We have Chrissy Maycagney back, and let's just jump into the Zevia thing because that was hilarious. I almost brought you as I have like a pack of Zevias in the garage, and I was yeah. like, but they're not cold. And I was like, oh, I suck. <laughs> Yeah, the Zevia thing's funny. So we started drinking Zevia all the time. I don't even know how it started, but every turn in, we sort of like referring to everything as like, we're Zevia girls. It's yeah. Zevia Nation. Like it was so funny. Like we just joke around about it all the time. Like you just started your own Zevia marketing wing. Yeah, and pretty much. <laughs> I don't even know how it started. But then, uh, so I sent them an Instagram DM. And they yeah. were kind of like, they did, they read it and then didn't reply. They wanted like nothing to do with me because they sponsor all like the really like pretty not tattooed CrossFitters. <laughs> that have, like, really? A, like who? Like uh, LaChance and like, okay. like the All-American I Girls. I didn't even yeah. know that they sponsored. Uh, anyway. They, yeah. They're like ambassadors. Okay. Sure. And they do like a bunch of yogis, yeah. you know, stuff like yeah. that. Because it's, like, it's so clean. Like, yeah. It's so fresh and so clean. <laughs> Chrissy's like whatever. So, motherfuckers. so they, uh, I we joke around how every podcast we say that we're, that we're unofficially sponsored by Zevia, and then we joke that how we just still pay for it ourselves. So that's how we start our podcast every time. And then I was going through my uh, website emails the other day, and they were like, "Hey, Chrissy, we want to talk to you about being." And I was like, "Fuck yeah, <laughs> I have arrived." Finally. But you know, it's funny. I might just never email them back and just keep paying for it and yeah. just keep plugging them because it's kind of funny. That is kind of funny. <laughs> I don't need your free charity product. I can buy my own Zevia. Like, Like, send me some shirts. Yeah. It's so funny. You're like the cat of Zevia. You're like, I'm I'm just going to come to you when I feel like it. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly it. I'm just going to stand just far away enough that you have to work to pet me. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, hmm, this is interesting. The tables have turned. How the tables have turned. All's in my court. So, yeah. How you been, Chrissy? Oh, you know, just real tired, but real pumped on life. It's been a while. Pretty standard. It's been a while. I yes. um, should have looked this up uh, last time. Do you know which episode? It was like 2012. We'll no, look it up. But how we'll you, look it up. How you been? Last time you were here. You, yeah, you were, you were doing, you were living in New York. You were doing mm-hmm. your uh, macro seminars, traveling around mm-hmm. doing those. And a couple things have changed since then. Yeah. I don't live in New York anymore. <laughs> You're in Nevada. I live in Nevada. Uh, oh, did I say it wrong? You know what? It apples Nevada. Or, or, <laughs> yeah, I don't say Nevada. That's like sort of saying that's like saying like Colorado or. But that's know, how everybody Colorado. says Nevada. 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 Let me pause. Episode fifty-five. Fifty-five. Yeah, well, you that's were like, oh, ago. that was a long time ago. Yeah, we yeah were still was, like tiny we were little babies back then. All right. We um, just had that little one microphone we all yeah. talked into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. that it's was like a US. Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. just like got a USB that plugs in the computer, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you guys have fucking really uh, blown yeah, up, blown up. Our game. <laughs> look at look at this place. You have a soundboard now. <laughs> why don't you Why don't you describe the throne that you're sitting on <laughs> and like all the people that are serving us right now, like grapes? The room is painted coffee, painted with 24 karat gold paint. Yeah. 
I'm actually, we're all just sitting on solid gold toilets right now, yeah, just in exactly. case. Exactly. Jay Z's in the next room. Yeah. yeah. This is fancy. He's actually stuff. waiting to use this room. We kicked him out. You're like, Jay-Z, get out of here. You're not important. Needless to say, we've changed, and so have you. Yes. So give us an update on what you've been up to um, since episodes 55. I opened a gym on May 1st of last year in Nevada, So, which caused me to move home to Nevada. Um, what else have I done? That was, hold on. You just glossed over that. That was a big... <laughs> yeah, like, open this and, gym. And for those of you listening who haven't heard her her podcast, Black Iron Podcast, yeah, um, you talk a lot about that journey and all the changes you've been through. Yeah. So I really encourage everyone to go check out that podcast as well. But that was a big decision because a lot of, quote unquote, bad things happened in Nevada. And yeah. that was, you know, where you struggled a lot with right. addiction. And then you, you escaped to New York. Um, not escaped, but you moved to kind of get a change. Escape. Yeah. <laughs> And then, I escaped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. And um, so a lot, a lot happened for you in New York. So what was that? I don't know. What was that like for you to make that decision to go home? I know it, it was, was probably of one of the, actually the hardest things I've ever done yeah. mentally. Uh, I didn't want to. Yeah. I definitely didn't want to. So at that point in time, I think last time I was on the podcast, I was in the process of moving Matt and Michelle to New York. Mm-hmm. Like I think we actually had that big discussion while we were all in Denver. We were all out to eat. I think it was the night after I was on your podcast. That was the night Drew decided he was going to move to New York. Matt decided, you know, and that's kind of when everything started. You know, a bunch of people who don't like the East Coast relocated for me to the East Coast. And we were going to open the gym there. And I looked around. Nobody was happy. I was the only person who wanted to be there. In New York. So, right. Yeah. So Once you guys got there. Yeah. Okay. So then we were all there. We knew we, I knew I wanted to open a gym. But then the decision became where. So it came down to Denver or Portland. We're, those are the, like the two places I wanted to live mm-hmm. and nobody else seemed to <laughs> really want either. So I was like, okay, so like, what do we, you know, and I asked everybody, what are we going to do? And nobody really seemed to know where we wanted to open a gym. Mm-hmm. And then the opportunity arose in Reno. So I sat everybody down. Everyone's from Reno. Yeah. I said, who wants to go home? And everybody was like me, you know, yeah. cause Matt and Michelle were planning on like babies and sure. they were engaged and they're both their families are in Reno and. So it just worked out. So um, so the tables kind of turned from you being the only person you wanted to be in certain areas to being the only person who didn't want to be in Reno. Yeah. And it wasn't so much not wanting to be in Reno. It was like you said, I was kind of afraid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, like that's where like all my demons. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. so my mom was a little concerned. She's like, does it make you? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm sober now and I've grown as a person. So um, I made a couple promises to myself that I've surprisingly kept. <laughs> I'm really bad at keeping my own promises to myself. And one of the deals was when I, if I moved back to Nevada, I was going to get really involved in outdoor sports again. Mm. And at first it didn't happen right away because there was obviously issues in my relationship that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, once I ended that relationship, I've been backpacking every single weekend as you guys have probably seen. Yeah. Yeah. Like crazy. You just yeah. like dove right in. So what was the, what was that change? What was the outdoor sports for you that um, you wanted to get back to? I right before I left Reno, I was like super into backpacking and hiking. I did like a big part of the Tahoe Rim Trail, which is like I did like a six day trip. So then when we moved to New York, it just seemed like every single activity we did was in the gym. Yeah. But I mean, in Nevada, I was snowshoeing, everything like that before I left. So, you know, we got home and I like told myself I was going to road bike more, snowshoe, backpack, hike, camp. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing it every weekend so. and you have a new business venture Ello. yes Ello supply talk Co, about yeah. that um so obviously well obviously it's also since i've seen you guys i've also been competing a lot i guess it's been that long yeah, yeah it's been a while yeah i did five powerlifting meets in did 2015. you really <laughs> yeah holy crap it burnt me out though yeah so um 
it was like I was super into lifting, like big mm-hmm. time, you know, and mm-hmm. I got kind of like rehooked again. And so uh, that's when you know donuts and deadlifts took off. Had I was donuts and deadlifts, yes. it, it yeah. was very okay. new, it was right? very new, okay. and it, it like really blew up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did not. I know uh, you weren't expecting that. that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it totally took off. Um, and so you know, we got moved back to Nevada, and like all of earlier this year like it really took off and stuff and then we started getting very outdoorsy and then um i said getting getting naked in the woods bunch yeah Mm -hmm. naked in nature i love that (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. i wanted to do it yesterday but it it was hailing gum like uh yeah Yeah. size of gumballs literally oh that's fantastic yeah and it hurt pelted in nature i know i'm like i'm not trying to get like naked out here and get welts I was like, hmm, not today. You know, um, not, not trying to get hit in the boot with a piece of hail. <laughs> it, was, it hurt. They yeah. were big. Oh, yeah. they hurt so bad, yeah. They, and I had like just a tank top and they're like pelting my shoulders. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is awful. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm yeah. strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm tough. Um, I was being a big wuss. Um, so yeah, we started doing, you know, all the outdoorsy stuff was taken off. And like, uh, I did my last powerlifting meet May 28th of this year. And that's kind of when we transitioned into like, backpacking and camping every weekend and hiking so we like used we were like joking around about like how we just donut and we don't deadlift anymore and there was like all these jokes (laughs) and then we like have tried really hard to like hammer in the motto with donuts and deadlifts which is eat lift live like i think a lot of people take the brand too literally of being donuts and deadlifts where it's more so that's just like those are like the the, two pillars of your life yeah exactly those are just the two words i chose Mm -hmm. um so we've been really hammering like the eat lift live and like we've been putting eat lift live on all of our shirts more and stuff like that so we talked about you know like we kind of like half jokingly talked about starting an apparel line for like outdoorsy stuff and then i finally was just like we're just gonna do it yeah and that's how you live your life you're just like let's go let's do this that's what i've noticed about you is you're just like you have an idea and you just fucking go full force with it (laughs) Yeah, it's a blessing. There's no hesitation. It causes some problems, causes others. Yeah. Right. It's no like, hesitation. This is, this is also why I don't sleep. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you not sleep? I don't sleep. Really? Yeah. Like not at all. Um, Average night. A couple hours, maybe. And what do you do? Think. <laughs> write. Write books. I write. Write your I second think, version of flexible nutrition, yeah, which so we'll talk I, about. Uh, yeah, it's, I just stay up all night thinking about like every just everything. Okay. Or, like, looking into, like, how to make, like, because we're going to manufacture stuff with Ella, like, actually manufacture paracords and stuff, sacks and stuff. Wow. And I want it to all be American, mm-hmm. like, you know, American made. So I'll just sit up all night, look, researching, manufacturing and I, I picture you, like, hovering over a desk, like, scribbling things. Yeah, and, exactly. Like, just yeah. like a maniac. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. It's been, I don't know, when I travel, I sleep. You sleep really well. Yeah. Like, in weird. the silence and the nature. Yeah. Yeah. I sleep really well outside. Yeah. And I sleep really well, not in my own house. That's pretty common, though, I would yeah. say. Whenever I travel, it's the same way. I don't know what it is. It's something about home a... that you're just like, I have to do things. Yeah. I have to, yeah. yeah. And I also don't have a puppy waking me up at yeah, that's yeah, that's not helpful at five all. or six in the morning every day. Yeah. What does that do for you, though, the go, go, go? I don't, I think it's a sobriety thing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the stay busy method has what's always worked for me with sobriety, and I don't get bored and make bad decisions Mm -hmm. but i don't know i just it also probably comes down to an addiction thing you know like i am an addict a recovering addict and um i think i get addicted to working Mm -hmm. like it's Mm -hmm. all you know i'm i'm like a workhorse big time like i love to work i love it but okay so to be to talk a little bit about that you talk you talked a lot about your recovery on an episode of black iron radio and or black iron podcast and uh 
that sounded um, when I was listening to it. It sounded to me like you were so scared to share that. No, I was. My voice was shaking. Your voice was shaking, and uh, it, but it, uh, but it's uh. like you know. But it's but think of how many people have impacted. Yeah, have been impacted by that story. Yeah. Um. You said when you posted when you when you do post too about your recovery, um, what you get three hundred comments. Yeah. It's, you know, it's really surprising me how many people, even if they're not in recovery or not sober, uh struggle with that mm-hmm. and they're interested yeah. in getting so like you know it's it just blows me away uh but nothing bad's come from it yet that's what I and that's yeah. in mind. okay so what do you think about by sharing that though and i know that's just like you're putting it out there you're putting something super scary um out there for you and you present as such a strong powerful woman and you are so that doesn't take away from that. And I think yeah. that's kind of the, I don't know, that's just what I was feeling when I was listening to that. Yeah, I think that I went more into like detail with mm-hmm. it too on that podcast. Like it was like a lot of people know that I'm sober and that I, you know, but I think that going into more of like how things played out and like stuff with my, like sharing like stuff sure. about my family and right. um it was just hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was also well, odd because like, I was kind of like alone just talking. It wasn't a conversation. I could tell you were like, and I was, Ryan, you're like, um, I thought Ryan wanna... Face was going to be a little more involved. <laughs> he just kind of sat no. there and stared at he me. He just let you go. Yeah. And I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really have a plan going into it. Just mm-hmm. told myself, just not, don't think about it and just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was funny because like it's, I get weird talking about myself. Yeah. So I think for like the first half of it, when I had to talk about myself, it was yeah. awkward. And then it seemed like when I re-listened to it, when I stopped talking about myself and talked more about like sobriety as a yeah. journey, yeah. It kind, I kind it of like could, kicked it into high gear yeah, and you really, could tell it was, yeah. yeah. Well, but I, I think like regardless of whether or not you know two people or two thousand people or however many are going to hear it, talking about that stuff is like talking about yourself can be hard. Yeah. Even if you're just talking to your mom, right? Like or you know whatever it is. And yeah. not only that is the um, <clears throat> why you're sharing that story. Yeah. Right. You're probably thinking, you know, what was the purpose of sharing that story for you? Yeah. For your community. Yeah, it was. I think it was part therapy, and it was also just part needing to do it. You know, like I know it's something a lot of people would listen to. Mm-hmm. That actually skyrocketed our podcast into like the top ten. Yeah. Which was crazy. Mm-hmm. I remember like a lot of people being like, "Your podcast is number eight on iTunes." I was like, "What?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, that freaked me out too. But like, yeah. isn't that funny though? Because yeah. like. For you to be that open about something that was really scary for you just says volumes yeah. about people that are going through the same thing. Yeah. Even people who had no idea who the fuck I am, yeah. like that randomly saw the podcast on there. I guess people listened to it because we were getting some emails to the gym being like, hey, I didn't even know you existed. Mm-hmm. And then I saw this and you're incredible and this is great. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's pretty fun. And you are incredible. That's I really true. like you, Chris. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I want to go back to Elo for a second. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I want to, I want to hear a little bit more about like the, the, like what, what about Elo are you excited about that you feel like you're not finding in other outdoor, like outdoor, you know, yeah. equipment companies? It's a good um, question, Clarber. So Elo is the, the, the motto for donuts and deadlifts is eat, lift, live. So mottos eat, lift, live outdoor kind of okay. thing. So what I've, I didn't realize how many athletes like lifters, crossfitters and stuff are very outdoorsy people, yeah. like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so Pat Sherwood, <laughs> super mega backpacker dude. So it was kind of funny. Like when I saw that, I got super pumped. I was yeah. like, no shit. Yeah. So um, definitely it's, I, we noticed like shopping. Chloe and I have a really hard time 
Mm-hmm. fitting into like we have to wear men's stuff yeah mm-hmm. you know because it's meant it's like i don't know like even stuff with like patagonia i wear men's patagonia stuff so mm-hmm. i'm wearing men's stuff and it's kind of like ill-fitted so we're gonna look into uh hallelujah yeah we're gonna look into out, outdoorsy clothes better fit for, fit for like built people yeah that's one thing we're super excited about a lot of backpacking and camping stuff's real ugly Mm-hmm. Real like, ugly. Yeah, Patagonia makes some dope stuff, but it's yeah. so expensive. And it's, yeah, it's like, so oh, here's expensive. your $400 jacket. You're like, hey, yeah. and I'm here's you'll leave the house again because I can't yeah. afford to eat. Now. <laughs> now I can't even afford to go backpacking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just going to really have to live out yeah, of a tent. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we definitely want to create a more affordable brand of stuff that looks cooler than a lot of. Yeah. Well, not only that, is, it's all it's like all or nothing. Like you yeah. either have to feel like you backpack every single day yeah. or you're just like, the person who goes once a year yeah. you know it's like there's no middle ground of like right. i like to kind of for me like i'm not really a hiker or backpacker but i'm like i, I wouldn't mind going and i'm not gonna spend 300 dollars on something where i'm like i'll maybe wear this a couple times yeah 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 we definitely like somewhere create, in the range yeah. yeah create like that in between company another thing that i'm really looking forward to that we're gonna do with it is uh i want to do get into backpacking meals which is what i'm probably most excited about because right now there's alpine air which is my favorite but um, looking at the mat, when I look as a nutritionist, yeah. when I look at the macros on those backpacking meals, I'm like, okay, I can do this a lot better, mm-hmm. you know, and um, definitely more calories, yeah. you know, because I think people really underestimate how many calories they burn on trips like that. Mm-hmm. Stuff that so, doesn't stop you up. Yeah. So what I, oh, yeah, that's, it seems like, just get a little <laughs> vulgar here, every backpacking meal either completely backs you up or, or makes you pees out your butt. Yeah. Or the opposite. <laughs> it backs you up. Really? Yeah. There's, like there's, yeah. well, because it's like. Most of it is is some uh, like reduced form of food where you're like rehydrating it or something. So oh, it's like yeah. just not like the fiber isn't yeah. really commensurate with the calories. Okay. Either it's more than it's supposed to be or it's less than it's supposed to be. And when you're in the woods, like your system kind of goes through a little bit of a reset the first couple of days. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people get constipated anyway when they're, when they're backpacking. And it's also like your body knows. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Your body does know. Yeah. I have had to have a lot of conversations with a lot of 13-year-old girls when I was an hour bound guide of like, here's why you have to poop in the woods. Yeah. And like, because like the first couple of times, like you kind of got to force your body to do it. It's also hard because like you're basically eating like oatmeal and it's just glue in your body. Yeah. And like powdered mashed potatoes yeah, exactly. which causes the other problem yeah yeah, yeah. It's so what a, is your what is your plan with that i want to create a like build your own meal kind of system mm-hmm. that's what i'm going to look and do is we would basically dehydrate food like lots of food in bulk and then let people create their oh, that's own smart. yeah so like if people want chicken and rice or chicken and pasta and let people kind of like build their own backpacking meals mm-hmm. similar to like how the true nutrition website lets you like build your own post-workout carbs yeah. and protein ratio like you can go on to truenutrition.com and you can pick like if you want sweet potato if you want maltodextrin if you want you know and there's yeah. like a list and you can create those blends which is kind of what i thought would be really cool for like low backpacking meals <clears throat> eventually but um a lot of the meals now are very low protein the sodium is like through the roof oh yeah like abs and like the worst feeling backpacking is feeling bloated mm-hmm. and your hands are all swollen yeah because yeah. your pack starts to not fit anymore because your body's all swollen and disgusting yeah so um and also looking at like micros and stuff a lot of the micros are really low on them and i just want to make them more like nutrient dense and better optimized for Actual. bigger longer trips so that's yeah. one thing i'm really excited about with lo and another thing that we eventually want to do i talked about this on the last part po- on my last podcast is have like lo adventures where people where we actually plan mm-hmm. retreats 
awesome. Yeah, that so we actually like plan like a retreat to Glacier, to Yosemite, where it's all fully planned and people just, you know, pay the fee and then go from right. there. Like what I would eventually like to do is acquire 50 packs, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Be able to like, be a, yeah literally just provide everything yeah. for everybody. So, yeah, so after I would go on one of those. Lead someone same. like me who doesn't know what I'm doing. I'd, <laughs> yeah. love, I'd love to because once you're there, you're just like, right. oh, my gosh. Like the yeah. pictures you're posting on Instagram are just beautiful. Yeah, the yeah. Glacier National Park trip was a, oh my gosh, absolutely I'm, the oh, coolest thing I've ever done in my whole life. That's a huge bucket list item. Yeah, what so I want to do is move to Montana and open a fucking bed and breakfast. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I, love I was telling Ben. Ben's my new boyfriend, by the way. Mm-hmm. Who's Hi, the Ben. Gra- who's the greatest human on the face of the planet? He's in a band. Yeah, we <laughs> know. Yeah, like, rock star. He's in a band. Yeah. I mean, he's, my, he's a mega babe. You were like posting photos. Showing. Showing. <laughs> Yeah, I tricked him into liking me. Post. <laughs> I saw you post. How a, did you do that? I think like, yeah, I was straight behind that. Black yeah, magic. Because, because Chrissy's like real ugly. <laughs> yeah. And like real just homely. Real heinous. <laughs> I mean. Basically just this really unattractive yeah. person that I ever Every girl mean. and guy just drool over you. So like, I, don't I don't know, know why he would like you. Like super driven. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Um, you know, I saw you post a picture from the side of the stage and I was like, that's every girl's dream. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's funny cause I don't listen to his band's music. Like mm-hmm. it's not my Is thing. It, like I haven't listened it's yet. Like metal. It? Metal. Yeah. And that's not my thing at mm-hmm. all whatsoever. Nope. So it's funny cause when I went to, it was Ozfest. So yeah. I, went, uh, I was like, I'm a tapper. Don't tap, tap, like nervous tapping behavior. Uh, I went to Ozfest with his band and I you know watched him play and we all got back on the bus and his band was like is that the first time you've seen Ben play I was like that's the first time I've even heard your guys' fucking music <laughs> they were like what I was like yeah this is not my world like, Ben great- walked into my gym because his band had a show in Reno and I know who oh, his band okay. is you guys know who Karina Bay Miller is Mm-mm, really good power lifter oh. super mega babe Yeah, she's super engaged to babe. Gabe who's in that band so I know her and Gabe oh, very okay. well they're both okay. power lifters okay. so Gabe texted me and was like hey we're in Reno for a show can we come to the gym I was like yeah I'm not there but text right. right face he'll let you in mm-hmm. and then I saw the picture and I was like who is that <laughs> Must know him. And I got him. a hold of him, and then it's just been awesome ever since. Oh, that's great. So does yeah. he live in Reno? No. He oh, lives in Tennessee. That sounds awful. He lives, like, I mean, in the Smoky Mountains, which is sick. That's fair. Yeah. I just mean, like, long distance sounds awful. Yeah. But he's here for tour, right? Yeah, so I'll so see him So she's going to see him tonight. Ooh. She's yeah. going to kiss his face off, because yeah. I totally saw that Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going oh to it completely off. He's turning into this big, mushy, romantic human being that I've never been before. So <laughs> that's awesome. All my friends are like, who are you? I'm like, I don't know, but I like it. I like it. Yeah, like leave me alone. I have to make it. So he's great. He's really in the lifting, but he's got his own thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, like good. unlike past relationships, I won't say names. Yeah, <laughs> lifting isn't like what he, what his life revolves yeah. around. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah, I really like that. I yeah. think at first we've talked a lot about that. How people think like couples have to be doing the same thing. It's isn't it nice? To, isn't it nice when you're doing completely separate things? You can start to appreciate the differences. And, yeah, like, when you kind of take a break. Yeah, I've never understood like the soulmate thing yeah i don't the last thing Um, i want is something that works out all day we have a thing we have a thing you know those like all of the hashtag so blessed like crossfit engagement photos where they're like doing a a, yeah an overhead overhead squat squat, like with their kissing it's like we have spoken out vehemently against it so much like anytime somebody posts one everyone of our listeners tags us us, like hey joy and claire what do you think about this it's so stupid it's so stupid. And I would hate to call anybody stupid, but it's stupid. I know, but it's yeah. so stupid. <laughs> it is. It's very, like, it 
I just don't get the whole like soulmate. Like I don't know. A lot of the people at my gym, like God bless them. Thanks for giving me your money every month, and I love you all the best. God bless you. Love you. Love you. Some of them are so like just want like crossfit dudes want a crossfit babe and i'm like god the last thing i want is a crossfit dude or Uh you know and it's like ben lifts and he's in really good shape and he but it's like if he misses a training session he doesn't give a shit yeah you need to have that balance okay so let's let's jump into the book and you uh re-released or rewrote updated a lot flexible nutrition philosophy and Uh, i i just have to um Sorry, it's just our snotty noses making noise. Um, if you can't tell, Claire and I have like massive colds. So Sorry, you have to send a room with us. Uh, I just <laughs> send a room with a lot worse. I know that this, the book, your flexible nutrition book is, I think, kind of like one of the first that's existed that people always go back to. The first um, one? One of the, Yeah, the first it, one. Yeah. And <laughs> you, did you work with, um, was it Lane Norton? Yeah. So you worked a lot with, do you still work with him? Yeah, we're still, of, yeah, yeah, we still talk all the time. Um, and so I just, I don't, I don't know why I just want to bring that up that like almost every, cause it's just blown up like the whole, if it fits your macros and counting macros, yeah. it's a huge, it's turned into a huge business for a lot of people. Right. Claire and I both did WAG while yeah. working against gravity back, starting back in December. And so yeah. we kind of, you know, learned what that was about. And we went through a lot of, um, we went through some evolution with, yeah. I don't know, just that, just the business side of it and kind yeah. of seeing how people are monetizing that whole yeah. corner of the, of, uh, of, yeah. of eating and nutrition. And, but all the time I would hear your name pop up and it yeah. was almost like Chrissy McCadney is kind of like one of the leaders. And so, so, yeah. so then you, you update, you decided to update this book. Yeah. Um, and talk a little bit about that. So basically when I wrote the first one, flexible dieting, it didn't even exist in CrossFit yet, period. Like the, mm-hmm. that, you know, it was still, only bodies if it fits your macros yeah Yeah. zone some people were doing zone so when i wrote that first pdf it was literally so that i didn't have to fucking answer as many questions is that 30 pages it was and but like it's very abrasive and i still don't see it that way really yeah i feel like i I had something to prove still like i had to justify but the other thing is when i wrote that first one i was still a firm believer in you have to hit your macros dead on every single day okay which i don't believe at all period anymore whatsoever like i that couldn't be farther away from that and i would love to go into that more in a second um so with that first one it was very like i think i even say in that to take fish oil pills Mm-hmm. And count them to like hit your fats yeah. better. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm like, what the? F-? Or like drink, <laughs> drink olive oil or just shit. Yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Like take a shot of olive. Yeah, oil. like uh. take a shot of coconut. Like I like the first one was very. I think I feel like I I still like that. Like flexible. I needed an alibi still, and it's like Fair I still yeah. had something mm-hmm. to prove because because it wasn't popular. Right. So then what happened is is that I started working with a couple CrossFitters. And then that book somehow sold like 50,000 copies. No big deal. All the CrossFitters. And I was, I kind of like panicked. I was like, holy shit. And then all of a sudden, Flexibility blew up in CrossFit. Yeah. yeah. And um, I coached what have, I coached people like Nicole Capert, like a, a lot of CrossFit girls, mm-hmm. how to coach. And then they went and got like nutrition, you know, um, certifications. And then like, it just blew up, which I wasn't expecting at all. So I knew that it needed to be a more comprehensive yeah. piece of literature geared more toward athletes mm-hmm. and like more towards the lifestyle, not so black and white. Yeah, exactly. So that's where that kind of came in. Yeah. So what are some of the major changes other than, I mean, like um, I guess kinda, we, we have talked a lot about like with our own kind of macro, 
you like I guess macro journeys like we both started very like hit your numbers every day no excuses or don't expect results like yeah. that's like, a, and, and that's, that's a very wag approach it's a yes. very wag approach wag and like RP is kind of the same yeah. I don't know RP's I wouldn't even call it flexible anymore like well, the, the thing about Nick is with RP, RP is a renaissance re- yeah. period periodization so it, it's hard uh, I get a lot of clients from them because a lot of people can't do right. what's required of them. It works if you're a very disciplined person. If you don't have food How do issues, they approach it. Everything it's more zony. Okay, so it's very like uh, three ounces of protein, three ounces of protein, three ounces of protein. But he doesn't prescribe macros. He kind of configures that in himself. But he'll tell you like sixty grams of post workout carbs. Mm-hmm. So he'll yeah. prescribe stuff like that. Like counting ve- counting vegetables doesn't count. Yeah, so he doesn't prescribe macros, but he'll prescribe like one serving of vegetables. Okay, seven grams of fat with this meal, or like a serving of fats, fifteen grams. So it's of like fat. every single it's thing kinda, is mapped out, kinda, and you get like a list. So if you have, if you understand nutrition and you do not have food issues, yeah, it works really well. But I would say eighty percent of people. Have don't understand or, or, or have food issues, you right, know, so like a complicated so, food relationship right, background. Right. Yes. So people get really good results. I mean, at this yeah. point, I really feel like everyone has a really complicated relationship in the fitness world. I 100%, I can say with 100% confidence right now that every single human being on the planet has some sort of food issue that they might yeah. not even know it exists. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly yeah. agree. And I feel a little bit silly because like there's times when we've talked in the past about like, oh, we've had, I've had food issues and, and now it's like, who doesn't? Everybody you know, does. It's like, who doesn't? So it's like, we're not special everybody, snowflakes. We all re- really need to like make sure that we're dealing with this. Everybody and like even people I know who like eat kind of whatever they want, but understand they need to eat healthy and don't don't experience food guilt. It seems like yeah. I can always pick up on some type of right. yeah. unhealthy behavior. Now, like I have, you know, I have black eye nutrition. I have about 250 um, athletes. And what we try to do now is, I mean, most of them, we prescribe macros and say, try to hit them the best you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't but, uh, go berserk. Yeah. But what I do is I try to determine at the very beginning on their onboard form what their food issue is and how to best approach it. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I know my scope. I'm by no means a psychologist. And if somebody has like an legit. eating disorder, I refer them. I have a couple friends who specialize in that, who mm-hmm. I refer them to. Yeah. And I say, hey, look, you either need to get this completely under control and then you can come back to me or you can work with this person while you're working with me, but I'm going to make sure you right. are working with somebody while you're working with me. Yeah, that's smart. Um, because that's for like eating disorders. You know, food mm-hmm. issues are different than eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Like experience, experiencing food guilt when you have too much cake is not an eating disorder. Right. That's just a completely normal well, reaction just as like, a human. It's, I think like I have started to look at the way I think about food as a relationship. And right. it's like... I get feed, you know, it's it's not quite a two-way street, but, like, I do get feedback from the food that I eat. Mm-hmm. But just, like, any relationship, like, I bring baggage into yeah. anything. Or, or, like, even if I, like, look at something and think, like, oh, well, this relationship is healthy. Like, there's still a past right. there that, like, is informing. Exactly. That I'm, like, oh, having to overcome certain things. Even if I've gotten to a point where it's healthy, that's, like, that's not just, like, the given. Right. And that's even, like, with, within, I mean, like, I struggled with, I've struggled with ED since I quit doing, even when I was doing drugs. I mean, it's been 
since I was probably 14, I've had issues with food and, mm-hmm. you know, I've been anorexic and I've been bulimic and everything like that. And those issues never go away. You just yeah. learn how to manage them. Yeah. And I know my triggers and I know I can't fucking have cookie butter in the house. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so what I really yeah. try to do, even at my seminars now, like when I do nutrition seminars now, you won't even hear me say the word macro. Like I don't go in and teach people. Yeah. Everyone knows there's a piece of literature, 200 pages sitting right there. You can read everything you need to know yeah. about like nutritional science yep i go in and I, we go around the room and we identify people's biggest problems with food whether it's i don't eat enough i eat too mm-hmm. much i don't eat often enough i hoard i hoard my food for late at night or i you know yeah eat all my food too early in the morning and we go around the room and we identify problems that are usually a hang-up to reaching goals and i discuss how to tackle that problem that's how i do my seminars now because that's invaluable information yeah Versus just like right. reiterating so, everything that's in a book. It's so important. Right. I cannot stress that enough. And I don't know if you know this, but I'm a therapist yeah. by day. So it's like, I completely understand and support and so glad that you yeah. identify that yeah. piece yeah. as separate. Yeah. So you're like, I'm not even t- going to touch the nutrition piece until, until you have this, at least you're working on it. It's not right. just yeah. or you're like, at least aware see you later. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm all for preaching healthy nutrition but then there's that underlying thing is if you're using it as something to kind of like beat yourself up or whatever yeah um that's it's completely defeats the purpose but anyway so so the let's take an example too like you said i don't know if you, if you want to use yours i can use mine you can use yours as far as like what our triggers are you so <laughs> i would say i'm trying to think mine would probably be like i feel like i'm going to eat too much like ahead of time yeah like like I, I was noticing this the other day that i don't i think the reason why i don't like to cook because i don't cook for myself is that i'm i fear that i'm gonna eat the whole thing that's bizarre isn't that funny yeah. I, I just realized that the other day i was <laughs> i was like i have a fear of cooking because i feel like i can't do portion control eat the whole thing mm-hmm. i have like if i don't plan ahead if i don't have like my entire week meal pr- meal prep, she just gave me the weirdest look that's like, the, just one you- of the most interesting like the i've never heard that i've worked with Probably 10,000 people on nutrition <laughs> literally I are a special snowflake. <laughs> and I've never once heard anybody say, I don't want to cook because I'm afraid I'm going to eat all the food. Like, yeah. And like, I know with me, like, yeah. my biggest issue is overeating in general. But I overeat healthy food. Yeah. I will make so much fun because I'm, I, I hate saying I'm a vegan. I hate saying it. Why? I was a vegan. Know, it's all good. I, I, I don't really eat am. animals anymore. Preach, they're byproducts. Preach That's to the animals. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of just how it's I okay. work it. I get right it. Now. So like, I'm, you know, I eat a lot of tofu or, but my thing is, is like, I, I cook all this food and then I just eat all of it because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to waste. Yeah. That's my thing. I yeah. don't want to waste. Yeah. But I don't like fear. I, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah, Go yeah. ahead. I think mine is like, if I'm not planned out ahead of everything, if I'm not like, I have every single meal like planned for the whole week, then I just feel like, well, what's even the point of trying? Because I'm not going to like be right. I'm not going to like so hit. you just get the fuckets before you yeah, even, before yeah, I even okay. start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, fuck it. Yeah. I get the, ah, the old before fuckets. I even get started. <laughs> Case of the old fuckets. Yeah, I got a case uh, of the fuckets. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a super. I'm a super not special snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> I also just like it. It takes a lot for me to care. Yeah. And like I want like the results, but I really don't want to do the work. Yeah. Which is yeah. I think so. Ever. With like I know with people like you. So one thing that Kelsey Keels, one of my full time, I've got full time nutrition coaches that work mm-hmm. under me now. So I oversee everything, and I onboard everybody so i'm the one that reads their form and i fill out their spreadsheets and create their macros for them yeah and but you're not the one tracking with them every single week necessarily. yeah so i i i, I check in like anytime anybody there's a crisis or an issue or like a special case i handle that check-in mm. but for the most part kelsey and ashley and we're always in the same room doing the check-ins yeah but ashley beaver and kelsey keel are my nutrition coaches and where was i going with this something well, about how yeah, i okay yeah. so <laughs> one thing
thing we started offering is um, three days of planning. So anybody that works with me gets a high volume, a low volume, and a rest day. You know, for obvious reasons. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's a, just a form of carb cycling, pretty much. So anybody that's having a really hard time with the planning component, yeah, they can pay an extra fee. We go into their My Fitness Pal and we look at their past like meal logs, and we go in and we create three days of eating for them oh, and that teaches them that gives you a starting point yeah. where, so like if somebody just it sounds like you just don't do that work like if you don't do yeah. that work, for whatever reason whether you get busy or you don't fucking want to you know there's a there's a yeah. thousand reasons well and the the like the bigger picture for my life right now is that like i physically can't like i don't know what tomorrow's gonna look like because like i don't know if like she has a one-year-old i have a one-year-old my husband is in nursing school and his schedule changes every week so like yeah. every week looks so different and every day looks so different like and if I get out of work 10 minutes late, I can't, I don't make it to the gym. Yeah. And so it's like, I would love to plan on tomorrow being a workout day, but like if I have a call that goes late, it's not going to happen. Right. And I think that's kind of like, that's where people get really hung up. Like I get a lot of people checking in saying like, well, I planned for a rest day and then I ended up being yeah. able to train and it threw everything off or I planned for a high volume day yeah. and I didn't make it to the gym and I fucked my macros up. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, I have a spreadsheet I created that auto populates. So it creates their averages over the course of the week. Uh So I don't look at, I don't define success day by day anymore. It's week by week. So they check in once a week. We look at their sheet. If their averages matched up to their macros, I say like you over ate one day and under ate one day, but it all balanced out. And the week as a whole was a success. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So, you know, you can't, you can't look and like, that's, that's something that a lot of other nutrition businesses don't yeah. do yeah they'll look at it as you didn't hit your macros today this was a failure you hit yeah. your macros today this and they look at each like day piece by piece, like, yeah meal by meal right and so um the spreadsheet I created averages everything including their measurements so they're like we can look at what their weight yeah. is trending over over weeks so yeah they'll weigh like day yeah. by day you could yeah my weight fluctuates 10 pounds a day yeah it's yeah. ridiculous yeah I'll, i weigh like about 150 there's days I'll get on scale and I'm 157, and then the next day I'll be 148. Yeah. You're like, hey. Yeah. Thanks, it's Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, well, and I think, too, like, that's a way of looking, you know, we're constantly talking about, like, okay, how can you take this very regimented, literally calculated approach and apply it long-term to your life right. without having to sit there and think, like, it's just not realistic to think I'm going to weigh and measure everything I eat for the rest of my life. And that's what mind-fucked me. Yeah. Because, like, in the beginning, when I started, I'd never done any tracking. I'd never really right. had... She was, like, super nervous about I it. I was pretty nervous just yeah. because, like, my relationship with food has always been, like, uh, I don't know. Like, I just didn't... I felt like that would kind of propel me into having more of, more issues with food. Yeah. And I really liked it because it gave me more of a template of like what I should be eating right. to feel my best. Yeah. And so that really helped. But I think that is what mind fucked me. Right. It's like, well, I feel really good, but am I going to have to do this like rigid thing for the rest of right. my life in order to feel this good? Yeah. And that's kind of, and now I'm learning to kind of swing back into the middle where I'm tracking, but it's more like I'm loosely tracking well, where I have like the idea. Right. And that's what I do. I loosely, tra- I don't fucking track. Yeah. yeah I, you, I, you don't I, have your little pocket scale. Yeah, I'm. Pro- I don't practice what I preach right now. I've just kind of been on the roll winged approach. Well, it's also been because I made a huge lifestyle change with my eating habits. Yeah, well, and I care more right now about exploring <laughs> veganism than I do about being. I mean, like, I'm already pretty lean right now, so I'm yeah. not yeah. too worried about. But that like brings me to my next point: is maintaining is really easy. Yeah, and once you get to your goal, if you do the work to get to your goal, you don't have to weigh and measure anything anymore. Like, Mm-mm. that's what people fail to realize is like. Once you get down to like that 100, if you do it healthily, if you get down to like that 150 pound goal weight or whatever it might be, maintaining that's super, super, super easy. And that's kind of where I got to is 
God, was I? I was really heavy the last time you guys saw me, right? Or was I? Had I just started? Chrissy, you always look fantastic. I, I honestly sure. don't remember. I, I don't was like re- a buck seventy. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't remember being like. I don't recall. She really let herself go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I think that was I had just you started hadn't losing. Done, like your big cut that you did over no. like it was before you really got into powerlifting. Yeah. So I think it, that was right around the time I tried to start losing. Yeah. Okay. Um. So basically, the you know I was tra- tracking everything I ate, and then mm-hmm. when I got down to one forty five or one fifty, whatever the goal was, I don't. I eyeball everything now. I mean, mm-hmm. I loosely track every day still just to get a, to make sure I'm eating enough. Because right. yeah. my problem now is I under eat because I'm so busy all day. I will yeah. go all day without eating, not even realize it, and my employees look at me and they're like, "Have you eaten today?" And I'm like, "Mother." Fucker. Yeah. So now I track to make sure I'm just getting enough food in because right. when I first switched to vegans, I lost like ten pounds. Really. Yeah. Because I was just I couldn't snack on what I normally snacked yeah. on, and it like cut my food options in half. What was so, that decision like? Yeah. When you switched to vegan. Um. So basically, I, I remember you talked about this on one of your episodes. I got. I just got really sad eating animals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was like a. You probably did you watch some movie? Yeah. That, I watched yeah. Something I mean, really it just bad. it's just bad. Ugh. Yeah. It's bad for the environment. It's bad. Yeah. It's like all the. It's like you and bananas, Claire. We shouldn't be eating bananas. They're like the the most high, like energy output. Like they have you ever hmm? have you ever like seen like what rice products do? Like not actual rice, but what they what they like rice protein and I don't even want to talk about it. I'll cry. Okay. Yeah, I'll send you guys articles. It's really gnarly, like rice protein and rice milk. How much rice they need to extract that type of thing? It inflates its like the cost of it so much in Asia that people the people working the rice farms yeah. can't even afford to eat and it puts them in like extreme oh, poverty geez. because it, yeah people die it's really sad oh wow that's um, why so, we like to be ignorant and not look at yeah, those things uh, yeah yeah so basically i uh i met somebody back in december who was very like earthy hippie kind of Crunchy. person yeah mm-hmm. And he started showing me all these documentaries. He's like, you should go to Boulder. There's some amazing vegan restaurants. Really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or go to root down here. Or just Boulder period, and everyone's vegan, and you guys just like leap around. You're gonna be in like vegan me going to Portland. I'm just like, I belong here. Oh, you will. (laughs) You will find your people in Boulder. So basically, (laughs) I started watching those, and then I made the first decision I made was to not get my meat from, like, grocery stores or anything anymore. Yeah. So I started ordering meat from, like, a local ranch. Yeah. I stopped eating chicken altogether. I watched videos of chicken. I was sad. I don't want to oh, talk about gosh, it. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. I uh, can't even. I still have nerves. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So I uh, started getting my meat from, like, a local ranch. So yeah. I made this stupid idiot mistake of going there to pick it up oh. one day. And the woman said the weirdest thing to me. She said to me, all right, I'm going to package everything up for you right now. If you want to walk out... Um, into the pastures and thank the animals for their sacrifice. You can do that if you want. And I was like, I'm never eating meat again. Like I literally was like, what? Like that's what? so crazy to that's me. Very She's bizarre a secret thing vegan. She's a secret vegan. She's you, trying to make everyone vegan by doing that. I yeah, bet. you think so? She's she's got <laughs> a plan. It's an agenda. The, the vegan agenda. That is hilarious. She's so I literally was like, I literally was like, oh my god, I can't do it. And I just like left. Oh so I God. yeah, just, like I feel of that in my heart. Right yeah, now. so I was like, "What the hell?" So I switched to pescatarian in February. Mm-hmm. Only fish and seafood. I was eating meat in small amounts at like farm to table restaurants where I knew, yeah. it, you know what I mean. But I I got to the point where I just couldn't do it. So I switched to all seafood um, and eliminated most dairy. And then I went up to Portland. 
<laughs> to see my good friend Andy Hurley. It always happens in Portland. Andy Hurley's really well known for his veganism, drummer of Fallout Boy. You know, uh-huh. he's very vegan. So yeah. I went up there and stayed with him and all his. Their whole house is vegan, straight edge. <laughs> There's like awesome. twelve dudes that live in this mansion go. together, and they're all vegan, straight edge. That sounds like the weirdest frat ever. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, and <laughs> most amazing at the same yeah. time. So. uh I went and stayed with them and seen how easy it is for yeah. them to eat vegan. And they all train really, you know, like they have yeah. got a private CrossFit gym on Kendrick Ferris is vegan. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So seeing oh, yeah, how. I read an article about his private CrossFit Yeah. Gym. He's got, yeah. Cro- it's called, actually called CrossFit XVX, CrossFit Vegan Straight Edge. Oh my That's gosh. so great. Yeah. So it's, God, they've got a, the whole private affiliate. On. Yeah. I could probably work that out. Yeah. Please do. Uh, Look it up. Yeah. So he, uh. I, after like spending a week up there with all those guys and seeing how easy it is for all of them to eat vegan, I was like, yeah. I can do this. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was that kind of a big hang up at first? Was like just the lifestyle change? It was me being lazy, me just making excuses. I can to that. But so, it is. It's a lot of. I, I yeah. don't want to say it's a lot of work, but it is. It's like we don't well, you live in a culture like, that really supports well, that. Well, and just shifting your whole like everything, everything. You've known. Yeah, and like having to put on a whole and new lens. The hardest thing for me now is like having to be really overly aware of like yeah. reading nutrition labels. Where before it was like. I just look at the macros and now yeah. I need to look at the ingredients and I can't tell you it happens all the time because I'm still learning yeah I'll be eating trail mix and I'll like be halfway through a bag and I'll look at it and there's like some sort of weird milk powder at the very oh. end of the list well like, that's about backpacking food like everything has milk powder yeah. in it yeah well Alpine Air has a whole vegan line now, oh really which is really awesome so I'm able to stick to it then but like yeah. little like hang-ups here and there with yeah. stuff like that mm-hmm. where I just forget you know yeah I so, just feel like I, everyone can get on board with knowing where your food comes from, right? Oh, yeah. Can we all agree on oh, that? Yeah. No matter yeah. if you're I mean, just that, being a mindful consumer. Yeah, and, like we get a half cow every year from like friends, family, farm. Mm-hmm. And it's like envisioning myself walking out into a pasture and like patting a cow on the back and being like, thanks for that. I don't really have, like, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah. Which, you know, maybe I'm just like heartless, but like, no, you're I have, like, yeah. well, and I like, I've like, helped like butcher chickens before like but i very firmly believe that if you're not willing to do that then you shouldn't be eating meat like if you're not willing to like agree watch or even help butcher an animal and not every single time like that's not realistic for you to have to like process all your own meat but if you're not willing to like at least experience it once yeah then i yeah i feel like you need to know like be viscerally aware of what happens agreed and even if you're not going to watch like Food Inc or those, all those yeah. great documentaries, which I think are very, very valuable. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I don't want to watch that because it's so horrible. It's like, well, well then just be mindful of why like, people like, are making these movies. I like seeing that kind of stuff. And like, you know, it's like, okay, I still, I have all that information and I'm still making the choice that I do. Choosing ignorance is the problem. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. no, I don't want to know that because that might make me change the way I think. Well, like, well, then you need to watch it. Yeah. yeah. If you're afraid it's going to make you change the way you think, like, then you need to probably yeah, expose yourself to that. Yeah. And overall how have you been feeling since you started being um, vegan fine my i mean i feel like my sleep's been better and stuff but again it still seems like i'm there's days i'm definitely under eating yeah because uh, i don't plan well enough mm-hmm. or i do make a plan and i'm like oh well that has animal byproduct in it and it kind of like fucks me so i have the the thing is i haven't really been lifting because I made mm-hmm. the switch to veganism in early july and i pretty much that's about the time i stopped lifting well i mean i still like dabble here and there a couple sure. times a week but, but you're not like training for something I'm, well i'm training for that big cycling ride so i'm oh i yeah okay. i was i in my i was like is that, has that already happened when no, you mentioned i got leaving a month from today actually from tomorrow and that's in thailand 
Vietnam. Vietnam. Yeah. Okay. So I'm training for that. So I'm I'm cycling hours every single day. So that's kind of why my, my a lot of time for training is on yeah. my bike. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Talk talk about this. What is this? I didn't know. About I'm this. riding. I'm riding I'm my like, bike. I talk here all the time. How did I not know this? Um. I'm riding my bike from Ho Chi Minh City to Hanoi. Oh my god. So it's a thousand miles. But part of that, it's not safe to ride. So there's one short plane flight and then one short van ride. So it'll end up being about 600 miles, a little more. Over what period of time? 12 days. MBD. And what was this idea from? Um, <laughs> like, I'm like, I just need to know. You guys, you guys obviously know by now that I really love to travel. Yeah. Um, I've read about people riding their bike through Vietnam for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so being a rei member they send out details about special trips they're putting on uh, so rei puts on because they do rei owns rei adventures yeah and they do like the treks through patagonia yeah. like the gnarly trips for like the super outdoorsy it's not right. something like anybody could just sign up for and go do they're pretty yeah. gnarly uh, yeah like they, base camp or yeah Everest, Everest, stuff, stuff yep. like that so they every year they put together a couple cycling rides all around the world and i saw the one for vietnam and i just jumped at it yeah you get a thousand dollars off as an rei member and i was like sold Done. yeah so um, being an rei member is like the best return of my that i've ever oh, i yeah. have the rei mastercard getting yeah. your rei it's rewards like dividend. dividends so in the mail is like <laughs> yeah it's the best i just best. bought one of those tepway tents for the top of my car yes and i like it was like kind of hard to purchase because it was super expensive and then they told me what my dividend would be and i'm like I could get a whole nother tent. Oh yeah, we <laughs> we put the vast majority of our wedding on my area. That's how they get really? you. Yeah. And then next year you. we got like a stand up paddleboard. <laughs> yeah, worth it. Totally. So, worth yeah, it. I'm the, I've been for training it. for the bike ride. So like the whole being veganism thing right now is working really really well for that because sure. I've been eating like double the carbs I used to eat and a lot less protein. Like I used to get like 160 grams of protein a day. And now it's like 120. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to pump my body full yeah. of like pow- protein powder every day, yeah. And I'm f- I'm maintaining muscle fine on 120 yeah. grams of protein. Like everything's fine yeah. for now. We'll see what happens when I start lifting again. You know, yeah. but are you going to be able to maintain that on the trip? They actually said that they would cater to my veganism for me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's REI. They're the They're fucking like, greatest well, people on earth. Like Vietnam actually might be like a totally yeah. Well, it'll be lots of rice and fruit yeah. and vegetables. I told myself that if I'm going to have to eat fish, I, I mean, yeah, this, is, be able to. this is a talk I had with Andy, too, when I switched to the veganism thing, is he said to me, like, your survival comes first. You yeah. travel a lot to fuck. You go, I go to third world countries. And yeah. he said to me, like, you need to take care of yourself in those situations. And there's going to be half. There's going to be half the times where you're, yeah. we call it break veg. <laughs> At least you're not going to like Bavaria or something where they're going to be like sausage or sausage. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. They're going to, they ask me like, you know, they they give you the option of like gluten-free, vegan, vegetarian, everything. So I'll be able to stick to it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So, uh. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be good. And then when I get back from that, I'm going to... I don't know if I'll compete again anytime soon because mentally I found it's not the best for me. Yeah. But I'll definitely... Does start. it just like throw you into rigidity? What does it do for you? I get really hard on myself if I can't hit the numbers mm. I'm supposed to hit, you know, and especially as I got stronger, like when she, I have a 315 pound squat now and those percentages are... Yeah shitty to work with compared to when my squat max was 275 so <laughs> when you get stronger and you have to hit you know right. it, it was it's Reps definitely at like 300 yeah like <laughs> mentally my coach would be like all right triples at 295 and i was like Ugh. like what and i would look at my programming ahead of time and spend all day obsessing over yeah. if i could hit mm. those numbers or not and so i tried you know not looking at my programming until i walked downstairs and luckily i think i have a pretty solid approach like to training in general yeah but it still would be tough on me 
it I, and that's funny is I don't mind missing numbers when I'm not getting ready for a meet. If right. I can't walk downstairs, I always say when I say walk downstairs, it means walk from my hole of an office into my <laughs> into my warehouse. I say that all the time. Walk to people like downstairs to what? What are <laughs> you talking about? My office overlooks my gym, and I live in my office. Basically, there's even a futon in my office now. I haven't had to sleep on it yet, but the option is there. Uh, for a second, <laughs> like when in I my walked head, down when into my kingdom, yeah, when right? you said futon for a f- split second, I heard food truck, and I was like, oh, what? Sweet. That's what we need. I wish I could get a food truck to show up to the gym every day. You know how vegan food truck? You know, oh, that would be amazing. We yeah. have so many here that I'm yeah. like, we have plenty to choose from. There used to be one that like hung out at that weird distillery in Silver Plume, and all of a sudden. For like a hot minute silver plume was like the super hipster that's funny there's also a really great vegan food store here what the heck is it called i'll get it for you before you okay. leave here joy's got all the vegan i know yeah. I, I have the vegan intel you know how in crossfit sometimes in competitions almost always they have something where you're carrying an odd object or having to push an odd, odd yeah. object um someone at my gym the other day was like one of the workouts should be to carry a futon across the field a it's, futon futons are the worst they're so <laughs> awkward yes God, we have a white leather one. Don't ask why I have a white leather. Know, like, it looks like something. Dang. It looks like something but porn would be. Yeah, I was about to say that sounds like. So we like had a- this, and like I don't. Another thing I should probably mention is I've relocated like four people across the country to live in my. We call it Dos Trap House. That's what we call it, the Trap House, Dos Trap House. It's just funnier to say it. That in is a great. Accent. That's totally is. an umlaut. Yeah, exactly. House. House. Das Trap House, H A U S. And what? Umla. That's, that's the thing that's, that's like the, the two dots. Are, yeah, two you, dots. you know, they go like this. You guys are both kind of pointing this. at me. Yeah. We're doing like the double eye poke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that that's great. what we call my house because there's a bunch of jacked babes that live there now. <laughs> that sounds awesome. So it does sound great. When Q, Chucky Welsh, mm-hmm. Kiana, when yeah. she moved across the country, there wasn't a bed in that spare room yet. And I had this white leather futon that I bought for my office in New York City that I couldn't part with because it's really pretty. Oh, yeah. But somehow it got broken in the moving process. So, like, <laughs> it doesn't click all the way. Or if you tap it, it'll fall. Mm-hmm. But it, it folds every which way. So yeah. you can fold it up from one end and it's like it's like a, like a therapist chair. That's okay. okay. Or you can fold it's like it. A, like a, um, what do yeah. they call those? The, like the infomercial beds where it's oh, like, yeah. you can watch TV. Yeah. You can <laughs> fold it up this way, this way, this way. And your spouse is snoring. <laughs> So it's funny because we were just trying to move it the other day and it took four of us. It's not even heavy, yeah. but it's so awkward. So that's really like, funny. It has no sexual integrity. Totally. Yeah. Can it's we just, borrow that one for the games? Yeah. And that, would like, see, plus. Just that would be our carry my white leather futon across the field. Oh my gosh. We're running out of time, but okay. I really want to kind of backpedal because mm-hmm. I want to cover the very important question of, and I don't want to go back too far, but I feel like we didn't address this enough. And a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, are like really wanting to know more about like the food issue thing. Mm-hmm. And so, let's use I know we talked a little bit about Claire's example like what would you say to someone like me like the whole like I fear eating too much for you with um that? the first thing I would suggest is only cook what you need um I know a lot of people cook over like what I do is when I cook I overcook so I purposely have leftovers for the next day so another thing with that would be like plan what you're cooking either only cook enough for exactly what you need so you right. can't overeat it right or when you cook, overcook, portion out what you're going to use for the next day. Put it in Tupperware before you even sit down to eat. Right. Because what I do, I do this too. I just don't, fe- I don't really fear it because I undereat. So it's kind of not an issue for me. I'll cook with the intent of having leftovers. Yeah. And I'll say, okay, I'm going to cook dinner right now, but this is going to, I'm also going to have like lunch and dinner for tomorrow and then I'll eat all of it. Yeah. <laughs> but, because it's, but it's so silly too, because I like, as I'm thinking about it, like 
just the thought of being like, well, why wouldn't I make a good meal for myself? Like, yeah. you, you have choices of sitting down and saying, I'm going to portion this out. Like, it comes down to self-control, but it's also just like that relationship, right? Like yeah. the relationship of thinking like, food is scary. It's like, food is not scary. Right. See, and I do food the opposite is- thing. Like, when, when I cook for myself, I'm less likely to overeat than if I get takeout. Really? Or than if I, yeah, because Oh, like, that's true. Because like the whole, like you were talking earlier about like, you don't want to waste. And right. I, that's a that's a big thing for me too. Like when I go out to dinner, yeah, I'll I'm always like, yeah, I'm like, I don't want to waste food. Yeah. And that's, I don't so know. So if you, I've always wondered this. Yeah. If you don't cook, what do you eat for dinner? Like who cooks? Is Scott cooking or are you just um, eating like Trader go, Joe's apple slices? We go slices? to like, I'm trying to think of like. Just imagining you well, like opening right baby bell cheeses all night. No. <laughs> we go to like Snacks. right now, this is really bad, but like we will go to Whole Foods and I'll just buy like a prepackaged meal. Uh huh. So it's okay. already portioned out for me. Mm-hmm. And then like right now, and I think this is helping me actually because yeah. it's giving me like that portion thing. So there's a place down the street that's awesome. It's called Ready Fit Go. Yeah. And they have like all the prepackaged macro. So you guys just eat out like every single night. Mm not every night like i'm i'm kind of over exaggerating like yeah. there i'm we'll like make burgers and veggies right. and stuff but it's like simple like i'm not making a complicated meal like with all these ingredients yeah stuff. no i'm just like we're throwing stuff on the grill and put and putting some veggies next to it right but i use ready fit go a lot right yeah. now because it's like pre-portioned out i i just feel like that's something that has come up recently especially with macro counting is before yeah. i wasn't even thinking about it and that was kind of like a ignorance is bliss too because i was like i'm gonna eat a whole jar of almond butter and yeah. i'm fine yeah um but anyway and so okay i just wanted to cover that briefly i don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole but the other thing that's really really bothered me about not talking back bad about wag or programs or anything like that because i certainly know a lot it helps a lot of people but um the rigidity piece is just so it, right. And that's that's kind of what I started to f- experience was I would see people posting like, "Do you count lemons when you count?" Yeah, like, oh, like, I'm, I'm chewing I'm gum. gum. Like, do I count? count like, like, how do you count gum? Like, yeah, rigidity piece. And so, 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 touch briefly on that too about like just that mindset because I know a lot of our listeners always write us of, of like, "What are you doing now? What are you doing now?" As far as micro counting, where's yeah. your journey? And there's a rigidity yeah. behind it that I want yeah. you to talk about, like the longevity piece. Yeah. So for me, um, it kind of like depends on the person too. I mean, there's some people who hit their macros every single day within a gram and it's easy for them and yeah. there's no issues. Yeah. So that, wouldn't you say that's rare? Was that rare? <laughs> it depends. Cause you know what? I feel like it's rare. Anybody that's read my book and has been tracking for a long time can hit their macros within a couple grams every day because they've been doing it for so yeah. long. Yeah. That's fair. They're, they're there, but it's, it seems like anybody newer to it has a harder time with it. So with the rigidity thing, I mean, I never, I'm, I never have people track gum. I rarely have people like scan, like, I mean, there's people who scan their vitamins and stuff in. It just seems like excessive to me and a little crazy, but anybody. It does not make a huge difference anyway. Like they're not going to balloon up over gum. No, never. Like, that's it's that's like, very are you weird. just like taking all the gum out of your packet and swallowing it in one fell yeah, swoop? Like it's very that's very obsessive to yeah. me. Um, I a lot of my clients who don't have crazy like performance or athletic goals, mm-hmm. I actually prescribe them calories and protein. Mm. So I'll say like, all right, 150 grams of protein a day and 1950 calories. I don't care where your fat and carbs fall, but still track. So they're aiming for their calories and protein for the day. And then what I do is look at their carbs and fat and just make sure it's at a normal range and they're not like, like way through the roof on sugar, way low on carbs. And I kind of like look at what happens naturally and almost look at their carbs keep 
keep an eye on it for them mm-hmm. because I find when you give, I find for a lot of people, two, two sets of numbers is a lot easier to hit than three. Very yeah. true. Yeah. And, um, there's a lot of people who will beat them, beat themselves up on not, you know, they'll hit their calories every day, mm-hmm. but not their macros. And what a lot of people also forget is it comes down to calories in and calories out. That's what matters. That's 90% of it. That's, I, I really think people lose that. Yeah. Of thinking like, okay. And then also like going switching gears to like the keto thing there's a lot of there's a lot of buzz about keto where people are like eat all the fat and i'm like what about the calories are people not like right like what the heck is going on with that yeah and that that was kind of the the issue with paleo all the time yes you know the big paleo issue was people were eating so much fucking fat because it was like oh this almond butter is paleo i can eat half a jar Mm -hmm. and that was me i one time ate a bowl of guacamole using bacon Mm mm-hmm and I felt yeah. awful afterwards. Yeah. I enjoyed it at the time. And I yeah. thought it was like, a, you know, obviously I realized like, this is not something I do every day. But I was like, what could I do today? I'm going to dip a bunch of bacon slices bacon in guacamole. Chips. It was delicious. Yeah. But I did not feel good. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> That's one thing I will say about veganism is meat is fucking good. It tastes really good. <laughs> yeah. And I will, I, I'm probably one of the, I'm not going to be a faker and be like, vegan yeah. food's so good. There's a lot of vegan restaurants that can make it good. I can't make it good. Yeah. So I yeah. sit at home and I eat fucking tofu and vegetables and rice every day and it's not enjoyable. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll say that right now. A lot of vegan stuff I eat isn't good and I would much rather have, but I like right. from a moral standpoint, I can't do it. I'm not going to be that vegan that's like, yeah. all vegan food's so good and tofu's so good. And yeah. it's like, well, I, I haven't figured out how to make it right. good yet. But right. Restaurants can. <laughs> yeah. I'll say that much. Is there an argument with soy though? I mean, that's it like a big thing. Depends on the person. Some yeah. people soy fucks them up, and yeah. I seem to be okay with it yeah. for now. There's so much like individual stuff yeah. that goes with and that. Anyway, yeah. So, so the keto thing too. I feel like with anything, Again, yeah. yeah. Um, and the whole keto thing is, I tried to do it once, and it completely fucked me. It destroyed me. And the whole like that's the other thing people don't realize is like the setup for keto. Like, you need to know if you're actually in. You have to pee on the sticks. You don't just say like, "Oh yeah, I'm keto." Like it doesn't work that yeah. way. You need to be peeing on the sticks and make sure the ketones are actually in your urine. Where did this come from, by the way? I don't know. Like it just came up out of nowhere. I feel well, like yeah, it started in like. So I recently read an article about this in the magazine that kind of like piqued my interest. But it it started in like the 30s and 40s as a. Um, remedy for hard to treat epilepsy there was something about right, it where it was right. like they did they like they didn't know why but like kids who had epilepsy responded well to a high fat diet and it helped curb their seizures and it had something to do with like allowing um because all a seizure is is like a block of energy in your brain that's sort of like it's like a traffic jam of energy and so there's something about the high fat and your brain using ketones instead of carbs for fuel that like helped to somehow like um pad those passageways and then it started kind of being used as like so all that to say that more or less for the for up until the last several years it's it was used sort of from like a medical approach like if like this is an extreme approach to anything and it's like used to fix a medical problem right Mm -hmm. and then it started more kind of coming into like the athlete frame when with super, super long endurance athletes who are like, I can't literally have enough glycogen in my system to fuel me for this entire 100-hour bike ride or whatever that I'm not, 100-hour, 100-mile bike ride that I'm doing. Like, I burn so many calories that it's actually helpful for me to be in ketosis because then my body can access all that fat and I, you know, in theory could go indefinitely because I'm burning off 10,000 calories of extra fat I'm carrying around instead of these 2,500 calories of glycogen that that my body's capable of storing. But then people who are not super long endurance athletes 
started getting into it, particularly women, because the high fat can have positive influences on hormone imbalances. Yeah, hormone. But it also, if like your hormone imbalances are not the correct type of imbalances that can get fixed by fat, you can just it can just make things worse. I gained so much weight when I did keto. Really? That's when I. God, maybe I'm getting sick too. <laughs> I know we gotta get out of this room. Uh, so uh, no, I felt like this for a couple of days. Uh, it's like the weather changing stuff yeah. right now. Yep. Yeah, I've noticed there was a cup. There was two really well known bodybuilders, of course, who look both great. Who tested and, keto? And then they're like, publicly. and then they're like, this is the answer. Well, you know what was funny is they actually both saw physique improvements but they both felt like complete garbage yeah and they talked about that they talked about how they yeah. felt like they were in a complete fog and one of them was like a collegiate sprinter God, what's that girl's name she has the most insane ah. body i've ever seen <laughs> i'm gonna tire i'm gonna tie her hands chrissy she keeps I tapping should. on the mic oh, sorry <laughs> no it's okay um i can't remember her name oh, but she okay. was like a collegiate sprinter phenomenal you know sprinter mrs olympia you know and she did a whole thing about how she did keto and that uh we're on Snapchat. Snapchat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and then she posted, like, she her physique looked different. It yeah. looked good. But she said she felt like she was in a fog. And sprinting isn't ideal for that type of, like, no. that's not... You a, need you know, that fast right. access. Um, yeah. And she talked about it. But women being women, here, see the body changes. And, like, yeah. it's amazing to me how many women are completely okay with feeling like complete shit to look a certain way. Yeah. The starvation or the oh, anything. Like it's crazy. Yeah. And like that's yeah. another issue I have with a lot of like the big nutrition companies is a lot of them care more about those really dramatic transformation photos yeah, than they do about like I care about my clients' mental health. Yeah. That's all I give a shit about. Right. You know, like any there's some of them who are like, I just really want to get more aggressive. I'm like, well, you're noting on your sheet that you're hungry and lethargic and tired. So no, we're not going to lower your yeah. calories. Because you want more than one pound a week weight loss. And people want that fast fix and that there's this one way of doing it. And I feel like, for example, whether it be paleo, keto, whatever it is, I feel like if you can't do it long term and have more of a balanced lifestyle, then you shouldn't be doing it, right? right? So if it's it's taking away from you, um, if it's eliminating social situations, if it's affecting your relationships, if it's that type of thing, I feel like... Food should be inclusive. Food should be something that's adding to your life and making you happy and, you know, hanging out with friends and being inclusive. If you can't do that long term, then I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. And I think it's just more fatty, fad, F-A-D. Yeah. Um, and it's like fat. It's just really hard on your body. Yeah. And, and um, so, okay, what was I going to ask you about that too? Oh, so let's wrap up too with a couple questions around um, like aesthetics versus performance, because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of myths around like, not myths so much, but more people really, really I- stuck on um, achieving something that's really not attainable. And right. how do you address that with your clients? Like a lot of that's going to come down like genetics too as oh, well. Yeah. Like I, I can see a progress. I can see a client and know like they'll say, "Oh, I really want to look like Kelsey," or "I really want to look like you," and I'm like, "You're not, you're not built like me." Period. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, oh, like looking at people's athletic backgrounds and looking at people's like weight loss and weight gain backgrounds, like a lot of that's going to come into play. So I try really hard to like tell all my clients to just focus on being the best version of themselves and comparing themselves to themselves because I can't compare myself to like Brooke Ends. I'll never look like that. Yeah. Period. You know what I mean? Like, I, But everyone thinks that that's achievable. No, and do you remember that Instagram that Carl, Carl Webb posted wherever, where she was like, for everyone who thinks I'm on steroids, this is a picture of me when I'm five years old and she's like 
jacked. Yeah. yeah. Like she had her thighs and, were amazing. Yeah. And biceps and like deltoids. Yeah. Like literally five years old. Like she yeah. just came out of the womb yeah. totally and jacked. That's how people are. That's like like me with performance. Like I will never be like yeah. I'll never be jacked. Like yeah. I, I I have like a build and I you know people look at me you can tell I lift and I work out. Yeah. But I'll never have like a Brooke Hanser or a Miranda Aldred body period. Yeah. But what I do have with both my parents being endurance athletes, I cannot run for five years and go run a six minute mile period. Yeah. Yep. I cannot get on a bicycle and get on a bicycle and go ride 50 miles of hills. Like that's just in yeah. my genetic makeup to do that. Right. And that like, that's a performance thing again. And like, that's, you know, I, I, people like every client that comes to me either has a, like an aesthetic goal or a performance yeah. goal. And it comes down to, deciding what's attainable and i we we create short-term goals Mm -hmm. so we create like hey let's first get to this and get to this and then hopefully build to that that long-term goal like my onboarding form i send out says like what's your short-term goals what's your long-term goals Mm -hmm. and we work on it from there that's really important i think a lot of people want this linear path of losing weight and then continuing to go down that path of losing weight and you may just have to have some trial and error right Mm -hmm. a lot of what i've learned with this whole thing is especially tracking macros for the first time in my life was it's a lot of trial and error exactly and i think there's a lot of trust that we put into coaches that are giving us our macros to say well this is correct and would you say that the most important thing is for people to be honest about how they're feeling always because you you may I think there's a there's something that's like well I need to hit these macros communication but if over they're everything, feeling yeah. like shit you, right then you say well maybe you don't do well with yeah. this amount of carbs well, or this amount of fat I mean like that even comes down to me my I look and perform the best when my carbs are through the roof and my fat is insanely low mm-hmm. that's what my body likes mm-hmm. yeah and then most people are the complete opposite like yeah. most like I lose weight on like 300 grams of carbs and like 45 fat mm-hmm and there's other people who, if they eat, if they ate like that, there's no way they'd get results, you know, and it comes down to like trial and error. And that's what I talk about a lot in that book is like how to calculate your macros to create a starting place. Because my equation in there is not like yeah. a foolproof. This is, this is it. And this I don't is think any equation None. is there's no, <laughs> And that's my thing, biggest yeah. issue with like the yeah. online calculators. Yeah. Online calculators, there's a lot of variables they can't take into account. No. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's why having a human actually do it yeah. and helps like at least to give you a starting point. Like, and this is one thing I can say is give like three months. You know, like yeah. I don't, I, like I really pride myself on having a high turnover rate with clients because I try to teach them everything they need to know and, then and send them then on their the way. The last thing I want world. is a client for a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, yeah. my clients seem to be like three to six months or like until they reach some that's, goals. That's really cool. Um, that's, yeah. that's one thing I like really pride myself on is trying to just turn and burn through client, clients quickly. So, I mean, even if you're having a hard time, hire somebody for two or three months, get yeah. your macros calculated, figure out what works and then kind of go from there. You don't need a coach forever you don't need to weigh and measure forever no but getting that initial guidance is yeah. great what's your website for that nutrition coaching we'll post it yeah <laughs> i don't know what the exact link is to that because we don't give Chris, the link out because we're full oh, okay. but we're taking more right now okay so if you email black iron nutrition at gmail.com kelsey and i send the link out the issue we had with keeping that link public okay. is we were getting a ton of signups gotcha. and we couldn't handle it but yeah. now that i've got Mm-hmm. Two full-time nutrition coaches. If you just email blackironnutrition like, at gmail, we'll send you the link. Okay. Yeah. You're like, you're like it's a secret society. Well, the I other thing we like to do is like make sure it's a good fit. Yeah. yeah. For like, sure. People email us, and like, there's some people who like if someone wants to get into bodybuilding, I don't really want to help them. Mm. Nothing personal. I just don't right, want to. <laughs> yeah. 
or like anybody that has like you know we try to like talk to people before they sign up just to make sure it'll be a good fit that's important too yeah one last question and then we're gonna we're gonna wrap up is uh one of our listeners asked about nutrient timing for crossfitters and is that a thing is that really important how important is it it's important to like be able to fuel and recover like especially recovering from your workouts um the biggest thing is i think recovery i can train on an empty stomach and be completely fine but recovery is a whole different thing. So I told my clients to book in their training with about 70% of their carbs for the day total. So if you're on... And that's in the book. So if you're eating like 200 grams of carbs a day, that's get about 140 around your training time or, or intro workout. And people think too much into that. People don't realize that's like a two-hour window pre and post. Like right. people think they have to like slam 70 grams of carbs like <laughs> immediately following their training when that's not the case. So I usually have like a cart like oats, two hours before I train and then I'll drink some carbs before I train and during drink some carbs after and then have like my post-workout meal okay so I go with the 70% rule bookending your training in like a four-hour window yeah okay yeah how do you feel about fasted cardio it, there's it, first of all you're never like truly fasted okay because if you eat at like 9 p.m and then you wake up at 6 a.m you're not there's still your body's still digesting your food you're not mm-hmm. actually fasted i've seen a lot of instagram posts about that lately that's like a that's very bodybuilding yeah. thing yeah. but you're never actually fasted like mm-hmm. you to be fasted you would need to not eat for like 24 hours <laughs> so that's another thing is people think like that when they go get on like a treadmill or an elliptical yeah. or whatever it is that they're doing on an empty stomach, that they're only burning fat because there's mm-hmm. no food in their body. But you have glycogen stores and there's still food being digested yeah. in your body. Can I just end this conversation by saying, can everyone just calm the f down and just go, <laughs> just go backpack and and really take in yeah, what man. life is about? What life is about? Yeah. Go get yourself in a sleeping bag because it's like a hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. I love sleeping bags. <laughs> it is like a hug. See, I panic in them. I don't like. Oh, Ugh. really? Oh, I love them. Like I'm when I have anxiety, I like get sleepy. Oh, yeah. I can see that. I'm like you. I leave mine like unzipped when yeah. I sleep with like one leg out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's why when it gets there. cold, I'm like, oh no, I have to get in this thing. You got to be ready to flee <laughs> at any point. In Something. Time. I just think like my biggest thing is the more you stress yourself out over the nutrition and training thing, it seems like it's going to just prolong totally results. Like yeah. just go train, eat well, pay attention, like listen to your body and get, get hobbies outside the gym, move around a lot. Yeah. And like everything will happen. Mm-hmm. It's I feel like that's to. like been of anybody we've talked about nutrition and there, we have talked to several, several people, people about nutrition, the underlying it message, whether it's like somebody who works in an eating disorder clinic or, you know, a ma- any, it's like have a, f- like a full life yeah. and this will fall into place. Right. Yeah. Strive to be healthy like I, and yeah. like feel good. And these things, like these factors will like naturally come together. I think right now we need to rewrite the pyramid, mm-hmm. the nutrition pyramid right. and be like yeah. health and, yeah. and loving life, relationships, loving relationships, snuggles with dogs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. outdoor time, mm-hmm. lots of sleep, <laughs> lots of sleep. And then it's not even on the yeah. thing anymore. It's not even <laughs> the new nutrition. food on there. Yeah, and then food will just fall into place. I've noticed Coffee. that when I'm less stressed, Coffee. I'm sleeping well. And when I'm not overthinking my training and my yeah. food i just look the best mm-hmm. yep isn't that the truth it's yeah. like when you go on vacation sometimes you're like yeah i just look really good it's like Hi, i'm not yeah. stressed I'm stress out. Out. so my aunt moved to maui she was like every time i went to maui i lost nine pounds so that's i moved so to maui funny. that's the answer to life <laughs> backpack be claire's aunt mm-hmm. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, guys. Chrissy, Chrissy thank, thank you, you so, so much. So, much. so, so much. you can pleasure. find Chrissy at Chrissy May Cagney on Instagram, ChrissyMayCagney.com. Mm-hmm. Buy her book, FD 2.0, A Flexible Nutrition Philosophy for the Modern Athlete. You can get that on Amazon. You mm-hmm. can get that off her website. We actually, another thing I, I'll plug really quick is the gym has a subscription programming now. It's called The Black Book. Oh, so cool. it's Black Iron Gym. It's it's actually all five of our pro- programs. Fabulous. And we put all of our program into one book. It's $12 a month. Oh, perfect. So yeah. that's blackirongym.com? Yeah. Okay. And you can just search the Black Book by Black Iron Gym and you can subscribe to that. But in that you get weightlifting, you get um, CrossFit, you get advanced CrossFit, you get powerlifting and you get, there's actually like a bodybuilding program in it too. Okay. So you get five programs in one for the month for 12 bucks. So oh my crazy. gosh. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, cool. So you guys can check that out. And then as always, you can find Girls Gone Wild, GGW on Snap. Chat GGW podcast, Dre. GGW podcast. Yes. If you really want to get like bored, you can follow Chrissy May yeah. Cagney on Snapchat. You're on Snapchat. We love it's the just we it's just completely insanity at all times. <laughs> I love I mean, it though. It's people good. watch my Snapchat and they're like, "What of- is your life?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> it's amazing. A lot of lot of cute, a lot of cute dogs running around. Yeah, it's just dogs so, and hot girls. It's, uh, I'd follow that. And my boyfriend <laughs> and my boyfriend eating in slow motion. Yeah, and drumming yep. from the side of the stage. <laughs> So we're at GGW Podcast, and remember to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. That helps us build this community. So if you want to support the podcast, a very easy way and quick way to do that is to go to iTunes, leave a review, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram. That's it for this week. Thank you so much, Chrissy. As always, we love you and so glad that you were able to stop by our (laughs) fabulous gold-plated studio. (laughs) We're going to let Jay-Z in now. and uh, (laughs) You guys have a good week. Bye. Bye.